Dave Nuku is my husband of 20 years. Our adventure started just a few months after we were married when we moved to Hong Kong and then on to Malaysia. Dave developed the personal training business for Fitness First Asia and worked for them for 11 years and then founded Fire Fitness, Malaysia's first boutique fitness brand. Dave is of Naitarangi descent, is an amazing father to our two children, Jazz, 16, and Sol, who's eight. In celebration of 10 episodes of Sexy Aging, I thought it might be a good idea to seek a male perspective on perimenopause and how much my husband may have been impacted by my experience. Dave's insights into my journey with menopause and our discussion on midlife is awesome. I think I'll keep him. Okay, so today is an exciting podcast episode because it's actually number 10 and I have a very, very special guest, like super special guest. I'd like to introduce to the podcast my husband, Dave Nuku. Hi, honey. (laughs) Hello, my love. It's great to be on your podcast. (laughs) Yeah, and it's not because I've run out of people to interview, actually. It's just because I felt like... I want to get a guy's perspective on this whole menopause thing and I want to dive deep into our experience as a couple with um, my menopause but I think it's a shared experience we've been married for 20 years and um, do you want to contribute to that (laughs) our 20 years together? Oh look it's it's been an amazing 20-year journey the two of us and I think you know, to watch you go through and be a part of your menopause journey and to better understand that and support you with what you're doing and then to create a platform for other people to share their experiences as opposed to keeping it hushed and not knowing how to best deal with it has been really remarkable. So I think that the last couple of years, I've seen this brewing and seen the ideas percolating in your head we've had loose discussions about it so it's exciting to see it truly come to fruition uh, and for it to be really embraced and a lot of people responding to it and saying hey look i've got my story uh, i want to share that as well yeah i mean the amount of times that i would come home from the gym and share stories with you about people that are come to me and said, look, these things are happening to my body or I'm awake at night and I'm sweating and it's a cold room or, you know, all the the gamut of um, symptoms that happen with menopause. I used to just share that with you and go, why is it that nobody's talking about this? And, you know, you know me, I'm like totally into the, the body, what's happening with the body, the science of the body. And so I did all my study, but I got really kind of, worried for other women um you know really smart educated women who just didn't know what the heck was going on and how often i chewed your ear off about this (laughs) and not knowing what to do about it i think was the thing until you know the podcast idea um and i am interviewing someone else really special soon who actually gave me the little nudge with the podcast but you're also one of those people that um have wholeheartedly supported this conversation actually you haven't had much choice because you know for us to stay married you're gonna have to listen to it anyway aren't you <laughs> uh, that's a part of life isn't it it's part of you life. know it's a natural part of a woman's life cycle a marriage cycle so yeah yeah and i just want to get a guy's perspective on it i think that would be really interesting because 
um, I did a little bit of study and I found out there's like 35 main symptoms, like 35 main symptoms of menopause. So what I've done is I've put them into two categories, body and mind. And I have shared small snippets in some of the podcast interviews with my previous guests around certain things that affected me. And it was a conversation, two-way conversation. We're sharing some of the, the symptoms of menopause. But this time, when I see the list, um, and there's 35 key symptoms, I just want to run through the list with you because um, I'm pretty sure that I've told you every single time one of them's come up. So this is how we're going to roll. I'm going to call it out, and you're going to say, yes or no, as you remember. Um, and if there's an opportunity that you want to share an example of a time that you remember that happening for me, go for it. I think this will be really cool for any of the guys that are listening. I'm not sure that any guys listen to my podcast, but I think it would definitely help um, any married couples experiencing <laughs> menopause together to kind of get on top of what those symptoms are and how it affects us as a team. So are you ready? I'm ready. Ready, Freddie. Okay. So starting with the body, uh, osteoporosis. Yes. Okay. Well, actually, I don't know just yet. So I'm going to look into that. I'm going to look into that. Don't are you have a thing with your, with your, your um, knuckles and stuff? Oh, that's like inflammation in my joints. Actually, that's a good that's a good point. So I'm gonna um, follow up on that one. So yeah, I do have some. I think it's osteoarthritis, and I don't know if that's related to menopause or. See, this is an example. I don't know if it's related to menopause or whether it's a genetic thing for me because it runs oh. in my family. So yeah, but osteoporosis, I will look into. Okay, here we go. Irregular periods. Yes. Yep. Uh, hot flashes? Yes. <laughs> Dry, itchy skin? Yes. You're very good, Dave. Okay, chills. Are there chills? Yes. <laughs> Night sweats. How was that one? Yes. Did that affect you? Because we're, you know, in the bed together. Uh, no, because I can sleep through anything, but in the morning you'd give me a commentary on, oh, I didn't sleep that well, I was really hot, the blankets going on and off, so uh, didn't bother my, my sleep personally, I, I sleep like a log, but I remember <laughs> you telling me about it in the morning. Yeah, I think this is, most, this is the case with most couples is in the night, the blankets are off, the blankets are on, the blankets are off, the blankets are on, and then you're sweating, and so you take the blankets off and then you're cold, so now you've got chills, so yeah. So that comes to the next one, sleep issues? Yes. Yep. Um, fingers and feet tingling? Yes. Yeah, this is actually the latest symptom for me. So I am getting pretty good sleep since I've been in New Zealand, but I do wake up in the night, not really awake, just kind of light sleeping, and I can feel this tingling, hot tingling sensation in my fingers and my feet, and I've written it down as something that I want to investigate. Um, weight gain? No. No. Okay, and just for the listeners, so I am an ectomorph, that's my body type. Ectomorph is typically lean and have a high metabolism, so at this point, I haven't had any kind of weight gain that's related to hormonal changes, So, but not to say that that's not going to happen, so I'm going to watch out for that as well. Um, dizziness? Yes. 
yeah i also have low blood pressure so i think it's a bit of that um vaginal dryness shall i answer that for you please do <laughs> not that i've noticed <laughs> i'm gonna say not really okay uh fatigue yes yep and it's another thing i think a lot of women can relate to is that if you're still working um full time and you're going through menopause um it's really hard to know whether it's just that you're working so hard or whether the menopausal hormones or hormonal changes are actually making you more tired but i do remember feeling absolutely smashed at nine o'clock at night um so yeah definitely um bloating yes yep um sore breasts shall i answer that please do <laughs> um yeah a little bit actually just last year end of last year i had that um here we go this is the one for you libido change yes okay any further comment um i think it for my perception of it or watching you go through menopause and this part of your life be affected was really more about you know th there's there's so many things going on i can see why you wouldn't be in the mood for sex so for example if you're getting hot flashes and chills in your body and you're not sleeping well and you're waking up with four or five hours sleep the next day and this is not just one night this is repeatedly and then you're having all of these changes go on i think that could affect anybody anybody's libido male or female so you know it's it's a number of different things that you're wrestling with it's not just that libido in and unto itself dropped but it was a consequence of all of these other things i think i could see going on with you and i could really see you kind of trying to figure out oh you know what is this how is why is this happening um and it's often from what I've seen is multiple things happening at the same time. It's not one in isolation and then you get the next thing and then the next thing and so on. And they come and go from what I can see. So that would be my experience of it or why I've rationalized it in my mind that this is taking place. And I think the important part for me here, and I think for any husband who's supporting their wife going through it is don't take it personally. It's not, you know, it's not you. It's not something, it's not that the fire has gone out, it's that you're going through a stage of life with your wife where these changes are going on and it's important to understand them um, and to not make assumptions that, you know, maybe you causing the reduction in libido. Uh, yeah, that's my comments on it. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. And I think it is the combination of all the things that are going on. And for me, you know how much I value my sleep. I just felt like if I could get good sleep, then my, the rest of my day is good. Um, I get my to-do list done. I go to bed with more energy, and that's obviously more hopeful for the both of us um, when that happens. But when you're going through all these symptoms, it's just, it's just trying to figure it all out so that you can get at least one good night's sleep, and then you know things flow from there. So. I really appreciate your take on it. And I think that um, the listeners are going to appreciate how you uh, verbalize that. So moving on, headaches. Yes. 
I think I might have just faked a hit eight for the libido thing. <laughs> well, oh, there you go then. Because <laughs> I don't remember having headaches. Okay, joint pain. Yes. Yeah. Hair loss. No. No. I, that's actually one thing that I haven't really experienced. I think that, that anybody has a natural amount of hair that falls out, but I haven't really noticed my hair getting thinner or anything, so that's good. Um, electric shocks, when you, when you touch things, you know, and you get the electric shock. Uh, well, you would know a bit of, I, I haven't been shocked by you. I used to get it all the time, touching the car, so I'm going to put yes. Um, burning tongue. No. No. Gum problems. No, not that I've noticed, no. no you're, you're right. I have. I didn't complain about those. <laughs> um, digestive issues. Yes. Yeah. This was a really big one for me, actually. And I think it ended up affecting our whole family because the things that I was trying to change nutritionally <laughs> meant that every time I cooked, everyone had to have what I was having, which is low inflammation, high microbiome, <laughs> plant-based, you know, everything, all the study that I was doing about how to help my digestive system meant that, you know, we all had to go through it together. So how did you feel about our changes to our diet? Um, for me, they felt fine because they weren't really that dramatic. So, you know, we're not, as a family, really big takeout eaters or huge meat eaters. So the shift to a more microbiome focused or a more plant-based uh, diet seemed, seemed fine. You know, I, it didn't really um, trouble me. Although what I would say is that that, that type of diet really does require a lot more planning and preparation for the food to be tasty and good. Yeah. So, you know, but that was something that, that, that you did really, really well. Um, but it's not something, the food itself is absolutely amazing. The, so you're not suffering at all in terms of taste or the quality of the nutrients, but it just requires more time to prepare and plan out your, your grocery. So those would be the things that I noticed, but I was the, the happy beneficiary. Okay. Well, that's oh, not the cook. Yeah. yeah. Well, you'll be happy to hear when you get to New Zealand, it's continuing. And I found some other really amazing anti-inflammatory um, recipes. Okay, just a few more on the body side um, for the listeners to understand that these are all symptoms of menopause and perimenopause. So brittle nails. I remember you complaining about that a little bit, about your nails and stuff. Yeah, it might have been because I got gel nails quite a lot. So I don't know about that one. I, I'm going to put no because it's sort of like the hair is the same thing. I didn't lose my hair. My nails didn't get worse. Only that I didn't treat them so well. Um, tight muscles. Yes. Yeah. I used to get cramps. Do you remember? You used to get really bad foot and calf cramps. Yeah. And then also just uh, I noticed you like after a few days of not doing yoga, you would say, look, I have to do yoga. I have to stretch. I just feel really tight and short. So, yeah. And now I literally do yoga every day. Yeah. I just don't want that feeling. So mobility training has just gone right up the list of priorities. It comes before anything else. So um, it's like I'll do yoga before I do any other workout. And if I don't get time to do any other workout, then yoga is it. That's it for the day. So, and I feel like that's working for me. Um, okay, here's one. Do you know what stress incontinence is? 
that is the ability to uh, control your bladder. Oh, good job. Yeah, I don't think I had that as a point. No, I have to, yeah, no. Okay. Uh, I, I did do my Kegels. Do you know what Kegels are, honey? <laughs> yes, they strengthen your ability to control your bladder. <laughs> well done. Um, change in body odour. <laughs> did you notice this? Uh, well, this is your one armpit thing, isn't it? You know, you're, you've got one good armpit and one smelly armpit. Yeah. So. And I still have one weird smelling armpit. So I don't know if anyone else has that. Why is it one smelling armpit? I think I'm going to write down I need to look into that. Um, yes to the armpit smell. Um, allergies. Well, yes, you have you have allergies. So uh, whether or not that's specifically related to menopause, uh, don't know. Yeah, I'm going to put no because I actually feel it's related to my diet and the things that I changed and then the allergies kind of went away. Like I literally don't have any allergies now because my diet is so good. Um, irregular heartbeat. This is the last on the body list. Yes. Yeah. So there was that one or two times that I woke up in the night and my heart was racing and then it kind of like skipped a beat and I was lying there thinking oh my gosh is this like a stroke or a heart attack like what's happening I was mentally like thinking what's going on with my heart all right so that's the body list that's pretty extensive let's get on to the mind so yes um you know we kind of briefly touched on how lack of sleep affects um you know what's going everything. on everything yeah. <laughs> yeah like everything yeah for sure so here we go i've got one two three four five i've got seven so anxiety uh yes yeah i would say that i would say that with the caveat being um that there is there's been a lot going on yeah so I don't know. I, I wouldn't put any anxiety that you've experienced solely down to the onset of menopause. Um, but it's definitely been a period of uncertainty. Yeah. For, for, for us, for our family, we're moving country, we're moving home, we were split across New Zealand and Malaysia and stuff. So navigating through that process has caused some anxiety for all of us. But I think we're generally doing a really good job of uh, coping with it. Yeah, I'm going to put it down to menopause. <laughs> okay. But I mean, like one of the things that I really, uh, I, I noticed is that some of these things, like especially probably in the, the headspace area are, um, are always present throughout life. I mean, you're going to have anxiety or uncertainty at any stage of your life. But what I have observed with you going through menopause, is it's simply heightened. Mm. You know, it's heightened because there's a, uh, it's a hormone or physiology based response as well as like a mental response to stress. And I think just knowing that and understanding that brings some sense of uh, wisdom or peace. Cause I think, well, actually this is uh, a part of the, the journey through menopause is those uh, feelings of anxiety could be heightened yeah no i yeah i agree with you yeah so some of these will kind of fall into the same category mood changes yes yeah, i actually think that's the thing i i reckon that's a bit general actually because 
in any woman's cycle monthly, <laughs> you're going to get mood changes. Um, I do remember feeling a little more um, short, what I would call short. And um, my sister brought it up in her episode about just not having the patience or the space to deal with people's crap. You know, so when people are going through things, especially if they're not people that are close to you, but you know, they're, they're, they're going through stuff and you're just like, okay, fix it already. <laughs> you're like, don't you know how to fix this? Like I would often have these thoughts go through my head a little less understanding of their situation, but I can actually say now, and maybe it's just having more space um, in my life that I have way, way more compassion and empathy for people than I did before. So that, that shortness has is not reared its ugly head recently. Um, hopefully it will stay away. <laughs> um, difficulty concentrating. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I've always been a multitasker, but I found that I, I felt like I would drop the ball sometimes because I couldn't concentrate so much. So, which comes into memory lapse. <laughs> memory lapse? We'll take a year. Yes. Okay, irritability. Yes. Yeah. Depression? I'm going to say strictly related to mint. No. Yeah. No, I don't think I've ever been depressed. I wouldn't say there's been, like, what I understand about depression and postpartum depression and other types of depression, I don't think, I can't, can honestly say I don't really qualify. So I won't own that one. Um, panic disorder is the last one. No. Okay, so from the list that we've gone through, I probably have 25, 26 symptoms <laughs> or have experienced out of 35. Well, that's a lot. And I think one of the things we did kind of touch on or we talked about was what midlife means for men. So... You know, we, we're, we're trying to find out what's going on with our bodies as women. What kind of information is there for guys? Um, that's a really good question. I don't think that there's a lot of information out there for guys. I think it's really common amongst men to kind of get to a point in your life. Say, for example, when I am now 40, 50 and looking, looking at it and going, you know, is this that I, am I where I thought I would be at this point in my life? Um, am I happy with where I am? And is this what the next half of my life is, is going to look like there or thereabouts? So those are the questions that um, I think are very common, at least for, for my, well, myself and I'm assuming other men. But guys are the type of people to not really talk about it. So it's not something that is, comes up in casual conversation. I think there's also an attitude or a culture of you just handle your stuff and you know, those big, heavy questions you might talk to about like a really, really close friend, but it's not kind of a dinner or tableside conversation. Um, in terms of how I've dealt with it, because I can't really speak for anybody else, is, you know, I, I feel and reflect on a lot of the things that make me happy and I feel really grateful for. 
And I have an optimistic bent towards life anyway, that the best is yet to come. Um, so I think that really helps me kind of project forward, not in a hopeless way as in completely abstract and just hoping for the best, but also look if the best is yet to come, um, thinking back about the experiences that I've had, what I've learned, what I know, uh, and utilizing all of those experiences and skills to build the second half of your life however you want it. Uh, so that's the, the, the approach that I tend to take is have an optimistic view of the second half of your life and to not buy into the common narrative of a midlife crisis. Mm. Uh, crisis meaning you get to midlife and stuff, you feel empty, you need to fill a gap whether it's with a fast car or a young girlfriend or to, to, to make you, yourself feel better about who you are and, and where you think you should be. Because let's face it, you know, when you're a middle-aged dude, chances are, unless you're like a Chris Hemsworth or a Robert Downey Jr., your uh, physical appearance is on the decline. Yeah, you got your, your, your most good looking days are lightly behind you. Um, and what you're really getting at or talking to is this idea of ego and your ego has to kind of accept that. I think what I've also found is it really helps to have guys that are maybe the same age or a bit older than you that you can hang out with and you can kind of just be inspired by or um, they can be mentors for you in your life and I found that that's been an incredibly powerful navigating force in my life just to meet new people who I consider mentors now if you'd ask them if they were my mentor they'd probably say no they wouldn't even think about that but I use the term mentor loosely to describe people that have qualities or attributes that you aspire to be like so um, for example I've got a few guys that uh, I, I really look up to who are in their 50s and, you know, are doing really well with their physical fitness, their goals, the way they look after themselves, their family, their careers. I think just being around like-minded people who are perhaps a bit further ahead of the midlife uh, process than I am and to look at them as good role models and um, think, okay, that's, you know, that, that really, really helps. Um, and they can be waypoints or for you, or they have been for me as I, as I go through this process. You want to be around people that are know more than you, that you can learn from, uh, that are good role models. And I think that helps with your male or female. Yeah. And it's just really interesting that, you know, people still talk about the concept of a midlife crisis, like it's a bad moment. And I don't really feel that. I feel like for both of us that we've both come up against a number that's sort of representative of maybe not the best times of our lives, but it is a state of mind. And like you mentioned, you know, you take a, a, an optimistic view of the world. And I see this next 50 years, because I'm figuring I've got another 50, because everything that I'm learning and everything that I'm knowing, unless I, you know, have a plane crash or something <laughs> i'm planning to stick around for another 50 because i want to change the narrative on aging and that crisis and 
I think if uh, I think we're both heading in that direction where we appreciate that every day is a gift and every day is another chance to learn and make it better, whether it's physical changes that we need to make or whether it's like a, a head state and also having the right relationships and people in our lives that keep us um, motivated, inspired and youthful. Like I have a massive bandwidth of friends from, you know, 30s, early 30s, right up to 70. And I get inspiration from from everyone across that bandwidth. But I think what's really interesting is I also have some really incredibly inspirational friends that are five, 10 years older than me. Um, and when I say inspirational, like physical, physically rocking it. So if you haven't already heard Kylie Gates episode and you haven't checked her out, she's incredible. Um, I've got some other really amazing fitness role models <clears throat> coming up in the future. Um, but also people that, that inspire me because they really live life um, in such a positive state. And I think that that positive state seems to affect them physically. Like they look phenomenal because of their state of mind as well. So I think that's one of the cool things that we have in our relationship is we don't see midlife as a downhill drama. Well, I don't. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I believe that we, we are naturally optimistic people and really supportive of each other. One of the things that I, I believe we've both done really well with is once you have some experience and say your, your midlife or 40, 50 or whatever it is, you kind of know what works for you and what doesn't. So an example of this would be uh, routines. You know what, what, what habits are going to help you maintain a good, stable sense of mental health, uh, good physical health, good emotional health. You know the re what relationships are best going to serve you, where you can help others and they can help you, and it's uh, mutually beneficial. You, you know what works in terms of your kind of value system, your beliefs, and I think that's really the advantage of experience and, and wisdom and age. When I consider how, how we both separately uh, navigate through this midlife section of, of life and menopause or a man's journey, we've both got pretty good routines and habits and things that we do consistently on a daily and, and weekly basis that just get you into the right frame of mind and, and space. And I think when I've spoken to or really observed and watched people who I admire or hold up as mentors and role models, it's not by chance. It's mm. not that they, it's just happened. It's often a, an accumulation of great work over many years, decades, and that is broken down into really good monthly, weekly, and most importantly, daily disciplines, things that they do, all of those small things add up because you know what works for you, you know what doesn't, you know that if you're only gonna get four or five hours sleep, it's just nothing's gonna work. You know if you eat yeah. junk food all the time because you've been there and you've done that, you've lived that life in your 20s or your 30s or whatever it is. So I think you know, the advantage of experience gives you a lot of uh, cause for optimism about you know the, the future as well because you can use that in the service of whatever your goals are yeah 
Yeah, for sure. And like, I think one of the things that we also have in common is that we both love to listen. You, we both love to listen to podcasts, obviously, and I read a lot. Um, so have you got um, a podcast or a book or something that you would recommend that sort of really does touch on this amazing point in our lives? Or have you been thinking about anything you'd like to share with the listeners? Uh, one podcast that I always recommend to anybody uh, who, who asks is the, the Tim Ferriss podcast. You find yeah. it on Spotify, you find it on YouTube. I think because the range of guests is so diverse, it doesn't just focus on, say, menopause or aging, but there will be some content on there that you can find. It's perhaps one of the longest running podcasts, and he was one of the original pod. Uh, pod fathers, I think is what they call him. He's uh, been doing it for several years and has inspired a whole new generation of podcasters. But the library of content that you have there, so you could listen to anything from the greatest minds on, on earth around Bitcoin through to psychedelics, through to um, medical aging. Mm through to goal setting and business so i find tim ferris podcast to be a really rich treasure trove of uh, really interesting dynamic people sharing their thoughts and he's such an artful uh, interviewer so well worth a listen awesome i'm gonna put it in the show notes and on that note um by the time i see you we would have been apart for six months so that's a bit sucky. This is our COVID story. <laughs> but um, very, very much looking forward to um, seeing you in the flesh and getting our lives back on track and back in New Zealand, um, starting this next phase of our lives together. And thank you for being such a good sport and coming on my podcast. Okay, my darling. <laughs> Love you. Love you too. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode as much as I enjoyed hosting it. I love that there are so many generous women willing to share their story and expertise to help and inspire all of us going through the mire of menopause. If you enjoyed this episode, please check the show notes to follow my guests. All their details are there. And if you want to stay connected for further episodes, please like, subscribe, review, and of course share with your friends. It's through your support and feedback that I can continue to produce episodes. Aroha nui.